0: So welcome once again to The Modern Goddess. It is lovely to have you on board. Thank you for listening. Today we have Kerry Weary and uh, she's a psychic. So there's gonna be a magical show today, I'm sure. Who doesn't like to talk to a real live, magical psychic person who's in touch with goodness knows what that's out there. So uh, Kerry, welcome aboard.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Katrina. I'm happy to be here.
0: Wonderful. So let's get the formalities out of the road. I've got to ask you one question, and that is how do I love you properly so that you feel loved, nurtured and supported? I, I
1: think the whole how do, you, how do we love one another, how do we love each other, how do we love in our relationship it really comes down to fully accepting who I am as me. No judgments, no expectations, allowing me the freedom to be who I fully am in and that, and for me, like that, for a lot of people, that's like might be weirdo Kerry, because of the stuff that goes on in my head, then my beliefs are not mainstream. um, but essentially, like if when I feel the most loved and in Um, in particular in my relationship, that's what it is to me. It's being fully accepted for who I am and not having to hide any of that, not having to worry about what I say, not feeling like I can say that there's this weird stuff going on in my head and I'm going to get laughed at um, and just being valued for who I am.
0: Yeah, and so how does that manifest in your life? Are you in a relationship now? Are you single? What's, what's sort of happening? What are you facing these days?
1: Um, currently, right now, I'm in what I call a twin soul relationship ah. and it's been a lot of hard work to get there right. and that is the thing about what I believe twin souls are about is that we that in that relationship you fully appreciate and accept and love unconditionally so how it shows up is that we um, my partner michael and i we're very different in a lot of ways like he's very Outgoing, he's a social butterfly. I'm more introverted. I don't party as well as he does. <laughs> he's
0: good um, at busy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we come from very. We have different cultures. I'm, you know, typically Australian. He's Ukrainian, and his upbringing is very much togetherness and um, big family compared to my little family mm-hmm. and that a lot of that clashes a lot of times but we have a strategy that we don't want to change one another we don't want to um say hey you know if these things don't work for us but we know that each other need that like I need my quiet times I need my space he needs his social outs and his get-togethers and his um, ruckier you know <laughs> um, but we just let each other go and if we are out it'll be things like hey you know i need to go home now i've had enough um and so we'll we'll have those kind of strategies and there's no um judge occurrences no judgment there's just the freedom and it's not like Um, he pays for it the next day because I wanted him to come home with me or anything like that. And on the other side of the coin, I can tell him the weirdest stuff, even to the point the first time I told him that I thought he was my twin soul. He had no concept of what that meant, but God love him. He just sat there and took it all in and thought about it. He didn't laugh at me. He didn't judge me. And that's how it is. And for me, that is a very different experience. Like I was in a marriage for 25 years. Right.
0: Um,
1: and that ended in, um, I chose to end that marriage at the end of 2015. Right. And that, that was a marriage where I was judged and I was often, um, oh, Carrie's off in her fantasy world again. And, um, you know, it wasn't fun and I was feeling very restricted and who I was outside of my home was a different person to who I was in the home because of those restrictions. And your home's supposed to be your sacred space, you yeah. know. Um, so I did, you know, it took a lot for me to get to that point and it took a lot for me to make that decision. Huge. Um, But I, yeah, and I did... And I lost a lot of it because of that decision. I lost my family home, not just the marriage. I lost the dynamic of my family unit. Um, And then last year, my former husband, he did pass away from cancer. So there's been so much loss. Um, But what I gained out of it is not just loving myself, but also a lot more loving my life. You know, a lot more love is just more of a presence than what it ever was.
0: Oh, congratulations for taking that step and claiming your happiness back and your right to be happy. I think it is very, very brave. And there's a lot of women out there now that are on the precipice of the same um, decision. And quite often they just stay because the, the leap just means too much. There's just too much that's going to be lost along the way. Um, And I've spoken to many, many, many women that have taken the leap and what it's cost them and those that uh, don't take the leap and what that's cost them. So either way, there's going to be a cost. It's just what cost are you willing to bear? And in your case, you went and there was a very big cost. I can only imagine the guilt you felt for him dying of cancer. Am I picking that up correctly? Ah, uh,
1: yeah, there was a lot of guilt. Um, the, the fact that I uh, and some of that comes from that I being um, a medium. There's mm-hmm. an a, awareness level that I have that a lot of people don't. You know, so I knew making that decision that. Um, I knew what I was looking at. I knew that I was looking at meeting someone else that was my twin soul. I knew that. I knew that if I stayed, that I would head in, that I would just be depressed and I would lose my mediumship and I would lose my work. Um, You know, so I knew all of that. And so therefore, and the the reality is for me too, once it's my truth and I know it's my truth, it's like there is no choice. I can do nothing but live my truth,
0: you Uh, know, so. Well, that's wonderful um, that you've got that um, ability. I think that's a level of confidence that I'd like to see a lot of women have where living your truth is really the only way, regardless of the cost.
1: Exactly, but that doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean it doesn't, like you said, comes with guilt. Like th- there was or there was and has been a level of guilt because, you know, his last few years, he, he wasn't happy. He was depressed. It, the guilt then played out on things like me and my children stepped in to care for him. Oh, you but did, the reality... You
0: got, you got that ability. Yes. So there shouldn't be too much guilt if you did get that opportunity to help him
1: yes but some of the, oppor- the some of the guilt came was because my children were doing more than what they should be because I wasn't there as the wife oh. you know so because I have um adult children they're in their early early to mid-20s but they were living with him so they had the day-to-day care and they were doing and the consequences were so much more than what children should have to do for their parents you know yeah um and 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 i took that there was that guilt because hey you know if i didn't decide to leave the circumstances would be very different and they wouldn't have to be dealing with that as much um what was so their, there was a lot of
0: what was their position though was their position that it was a great honor to have this opportunity to care for your father? like a lot of children will never, ever get to experience and to really pour the love that he gave them back into him?
1: I think, firstly, there was, one, there was never any question around my decision to divorce. Right. They didn't ask me why. They didn't question. They totally understood. Right. You know, they because, ha, you know, some of the way things were for me was they also experienced difficulties with their father as well so they understood so when it came time that they were stepping in to doing that all three of us did it without any question there was just it was the epitome of love for someone and Mm -hmm. i'm sure that we there is people everywhere that do do that stuff unquestioning every day Mm -hmm. And we just don't realise the expression of love that it is. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so yes, they do value that time now because one of the things was my son said to me, you know, we didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And I said to him straight up, I said, but mate, you've been here with dad for the last couple of months and that's exactly what you've been doing Mm -hmm. is saying goodbye and i also knew that if i had been there sort of like i was always the um i guess the bridge or the protector in their relationship with their dad so there was sort of always me in the way between them and their dad and those last couple of months without me living there without me being there they sort of got that deeper connection or they got that, I wasn't sort of the buffer in the way, you know.
0: Yeah. They got full access.
1: They got, yeah. Um, and, you know, as much as their full access or, you know, their dad's full access is, is not necessarily what I would see as full access, but it's what was working for them. And um, they do value it now. I think they really do value it now and they value the fact that I did step up because they know that they've seen other divorced families that wouldn't operate in that kind of way.
0: No, no, I wouldn't have seen, I would have seen that as a real um, dilemma um, of the circumstance of whether I go and whether I have the right to go or whether I'm out and that's my choice. And so you need to piss off now. Um, But I'm sure he appreciated it, um, being cared for by um, his confidant for that many years. It would have been um, a really amazing experience from his point of view just to have you honour him in that way.
1: And and for me, it was a no-brainer. Like, I was the first one he told and I just said to him, look, we will tell the kids together and whatever you need, I am there. I had said to you before that if you ever need me, I will be there. Um, And that's what we did. And yeah, it was, I was his confidant. You know, I did go to the doctors and do all those sort of things with him. And and even, you know, I sort of said to him, you know, if I need to go into bat for you and fight for you with those, the doctors or whoever, I will. That's, you know.
0: So in a way, you are still the wife, even though on paper you had achieved divorce. But let's move to happier times. How did yeah. you find your sure. new love? And just um, putting it out there, um, give women some hope that this can happen. Um, you know, at, at this stage in our life, you know, after a long, long, long marriage, um, does it still happen? And what's the magic behind it all? How did it? How did it happen?
1: Well, I think how it happened was really. Nothing special about it. it was online dating, you know, it, just it was just the usual. And and it, but I guess it's the kind of thing that I knew that I would meet someone, and I did being a medium, I did have some <laughs> details about this person, right? I, I hope not that know, that leaves
0: some surprises for you, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> um, but certainly there was just, um you know, I had girlfriends all going, oh, look, you need to get out there. You need to um, just have some fun, you know, online dating. And initially I was like, no, it's not me. And then just, I think it was the Easter of 2017. Um, and I just woke up one morning and I was just, it was just an intuition. And I just could not do not anything. Right. but like <laughs> It was (laughs) like this big block that was there. Gone.
0: Ready to go. Yeah,
1: Yep. And I needed to get on these online sites. So I did. But I went into it with one thought. And that thought was, I know what I want in a relationship. And I wanted complete authenticity. And I wanted good communication, connection. You know, I wanted a high level of sexuality because that was the new me, you know. Um, um, so so I went into that experience being that and knowing that if I, if what I was putting out there, that's what I would get back if I held to it. And... Um, So, you know, right from the start, my profile was authentic. You know, it spoke about me as the psychic, the work that I do and stuff like that. And I really just, um, I had a good experience. I only really met a couple of men and a couple of coffee dates and, and anyone that wasn't, that didn't filter through, it was really easy to sort of see the undesirables it was um and also too i think once i thought they realized i was psychic there was questions you know so and i was very honest like i remember one guy sort of saying to me oh what do you feel about me and i said well your profile says you want a relationship but i don't think you do
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know free reading as you go along
1: But it worked
0: in my favour. Oh, it's a great... Uh, ego, it's it's a, 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 a conversation starter. It's brilliant. In fact, that's all just There's put a, on there just for the sake of it.
1: Just even from that perspective, though, it was also very much like if they felt uncomfortable,
0: it didn't go one. any further. Yeah,
1: they're not the one. I did, that's exactly right. And I, I didn't waste... There was no time wasting. So... Um, I knew, so it was a matter of, and I suggest that that middle-aged, as I am, you know, um, that's the way that it's done. And I think if you can, because we don't, nightclubs are not what they were in the 80s when I was out there. And I was coming from a place of, it had been like, you know, a couple of decades before I'd kissed anyone else, you know? So, um, so there was all of those nerves and those scary things to overcome, but I was really blessed with a couple of, you know, really great men that just really saw the woman in me. You know, I felt like a woman again,
0: ah. um,
1: and someone that was desired and, um, I knew that that's all that those initial contacts were, that it was just a bit of fun getting back on the horse and just enjoying it. And I think if you go with it in that way and learn about yourself, it can be fun. Um, And then, you know, not to say that it didn't do my head in at times and there were times when I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, I've let drama into my life. But. but my partner, Michael, he sort of got me on a day when I was just about to throw in the towel again. And um, I'd been hearing for quite a few years, he would reach out to you. I didn't know how that would come about. I didn't know at all. But um, it was on through online and it was him messaging me. And he asked me... Um, a couple of really good questions about my profile he didn't just turn around and go oh hey you, you're gorgeous like a lot of them he's a dick, um, dick. yeah so it was just very much a um, conversation that went from there and we had coffee and you know we sort of within the first six six months of our relationship it was very tumultuous it was we broke up three times there was um you know some behavior that I would I shouldn't have it wasn't what I would normally accept you know um but we there was just some sort of pull there was some sort of soul pull that kept pulling us back and that was on both sides um and eventually we sort of worked out our our expectations and you know whether i had to let my guard down a little bit he had to let his down a little bit um and all of that and eventually you know it it took six months before you know he finally sort of started to allow himself to fall in love so um and now we do we live together and um yeah it's 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 a nice it's a really easy Relationship, it's not there's and the ease comes because right from the very beginning, I can remember he was telling me about going on a boys' trip for his 50th, and it was to Southeast Asia. And he, you know, having that sort of single mindset, it was very um, oh, what happens on a boys' trip stays on a boys' trip, and I think this was sort of like one of our very first, very first dates. And I was like, that's bullshit that's not what I I said I want something more sacred than that in my relationship I want something more authentic um and I just set that tone and and thankfully to him he could step up to that once he realized that that's where it was at um you know so he so right from the very beginning we've just always we've talked and communicated and we share and it's not always um sometimes there's stuff that gets said that we don't want to hear you know yeah uh, um but there's always this there's never it's always just a nice um conversation discussion there's never any attacking there's never raising of voices it's just conscious communication mm. you know and um, and for both of us have never had that before and
0: both of us really, really value it. And if he was single and he did go to Asia, what was the implication there that they would get prostitutes?
1: Look, that was certainly, because um, during that six months he did go, the trip had been planned for a good couple of years before I came along. Mm. Um, and look the implication was that there would be massages and stuff and we had set a boundary and one of the problems was he had crossed he did cross that boundary yeah
0: with a happy end um,
1: yeah but it was the kind of thing of when I sort of understood that he didn't feel the way that I did yeah he wasn't quite in the same place where I was at so therefore what he thought of the relationship. And what was expected was completely different.
0: Yeah. You were you were now, already exclusive in your mind. You were already no cheating sort of level.
1: Yeah, I was already committed.
0: Yeah, you were already in um, a committed relationship and he wasn't.
1: Exactly. And that mm-hmm. hadn't necessarily... It took me a while to... I knew and I could feel that the level wasn't there because, you know, a few months later... I was going to him saying, look, I can't be in this relationship anymore because it's not I'm here. Not, not so much that it wasn't, it wasn't exclusive, it was more that it, it wasn't being the feeling or the level of commitment wasn't equal. Mm. It wasn't coming back reciprocated. And then once we sort of stepped back and I was ending it, mm. but again, another pull, yeah. you know? And we had to do, we ended, I ended up going to him and saying, hey, you know, do you think we could just be friends with benefits?
0: Yeah. Is that an option?
1: Yeah. And he was like, okay, I've never done that before, but we could try it. Yeah. And so we, we did, but we weren't very good at it.
0: Yeah.
1: But, but what we found was me taking away all of the expectation of the committed relationship. And just being in that friends with a benefit zone was enough of a freedom for him to sort of then go, oh, okay, no, I want to be in this.
0: And then he caught up.
1: So, and then he caught up. And, you know, it was sort of, um, I think, around New Year's Eve or something, he said, because I had said to him, you know, there's going to come a point where I'm going to have to walk away if you're never going to
0: get there. time, yeah.
1: And not waste my time. And then at some point he said, I want you to know you haven't wasted your time. I'm starting to fall in love. And, and I'd had a couple of drinks and i just go, ooh, welcome to the party. Very nice. <laughs> you know, so, um, so it, I, it took a lot of awareness on my part to, to get us to where we are. And, and he does say that it was my strength um, that got us there. Yeah. But I you know, but I think, you know, as as women with awareness and you know, conscious thought, if we can step back and sort of look at it, you know, from a place of love and understanding, um, then you know, we can and as we're accepting someone else for who they truly are and what's really going on, as opposed to just the behaviors then you know we we can really sort of see it because i know in those 6 months i would have been saying to any of my girlfriends hey it's not good enough
0: oh, well, <laughs> you well. know
1: yeah um but there was just this pull on us uh, like a magnetism on this soul level that we both felt and Um, you know, we'd break up and a week later we'd be in contact again or whatever it was. And, um, you know, it it took me that long to sort of realise, oh, actually, okay, this guy could be the soul, twin soul that I'm supposed to be meeting, you know. So um,
0: So let's press on and see, um, give it another little chance. And I think that's what I'm picking up here, the insight for today's episode is that, Um, At the beginning, it's not all roses. Um, This honeymoon period that people describe is not always filled with ease. Um, There's little challenges along the way, but what happens and what people don't realise is those challenges are actually galvanising us at the other end of the challenge and that people romanticise early dating as being perfect and that's bullshit. And I think what you're showing us is that you sometimes have to persevere um, and it's worth it to persevere through what might be considered breakups and that could be the end of it and that's the risk. But if it's meant to be, it's meant to be and you will, you know, you, you jump through the hoops and then you're rewarded with a decent, strong relationship having faced the problems... That those challenges were giving us to learn about each other.
1: Well, I think the whole, especially for um, if it's if you're middle aged dating. Yeah. If if we're middle aged dating, we're already coming with a whole heap of baggage, yeah. right? We're coming with set behaviours. We're we're coming with set beliefs of who we are and all of that. And in our first six months, I really look at it as now it was was us working out the rubik's cube the, yeah so that it could fit yeah so that it could work all those challenges were us getting through that crap that was in the way of our connection um you know be it um my my expectations of going i want more in a relationship than what i've had um you know be it he's going you know oh you know um i'm i'm scared of being hurt um scared and, of losing my freedom lo- yes scared of losing my freedom those, extroverts, exactly. those social
0: ex- extroverts they need freedom and trust to be able to go out there and party and for the other person not not to be feeling insecure
1: yes and then what would ha- and and that's where I, I do do that well. I don't feel insecure and that's where
0: I allow him to be him. So you were um, a good uh, match in that regard particularly because a lot of women just wouldn't be able to hack it.
1: No, but that's where we talk about it too because I can turn around and go, hey, you know, like, yeah, I don't want to be at that party but you do so I'll you... go home. You can stay, you know. Um so but that's the communication thing so the the trust is there the um and and it's not it, it, it is come my sense of self-love and the journey that i've been through was the gift that gave me all of that to be strong enough um in myself you know to to be able to be present in that way and i think that's that's the thing if if what you're looking for a relationship i do think we need to be that for it to come and i think we need to be that first
0: yeah absolutely um one of the interesting things that i'm picking up that i don't see very often is um where you've had enough you've you've extroverted enough and as a little introvert you're now ready to go home and i think what's so important for people to realize is that that's okay, but I don't see it enough where the partner is willing to say, I'm going to go home and leave the other one to party on and enjoy themselves. Like why interrupt their fun? Why take them away from their family? Why can't they stay and party? Like I want to see women let them do that or vice versa, the husband to say, I'll leave you to it, love. Um, I've had it. I've had enough. And to have made arrangements, I mean, we've got Uber and taxis and if you don't drink, then great, you drive home, but the other person's going to have to have a taxi, you know, and you've worked through all the bloody logistics of it all. And 95% of the time, the logistics are going to be absolutely fine for you to separate and see each other at home later on. Um, But on the 5% of the occasion where you might be out in the country and you really have to leave together because... There's no other train or no other Uber or whatever whatever the situation is. So I really take my hat off to you having a relationship where you can leave him to it. I really admire that and I'd like to see that happen more. This whole thing where women think or men think that they have to stay together socially morning, noon, and night for the rest of their lives and never do anything separate, to me, is ridiculous. Um, And I can't understand why women don't socialize more without having to drag their man along to something that they're not interested in, that is just boring to them, that they don't know anyone or care about that thing, that no, the woman says we have to socialize together, or vice versa. I've never understood it. I've never been like that. Um, And so, of course, I'm coming at it from my own point of view. My own point of view is that um, I pretty much live a single life and a married life. I have these two worlds because my husband doesn't want to go to all the crap I go to and I wouldn't dare dream of dragging him along to the stuff. Um, when I just know he'll be growling into his Coca Cola, so <laughs> I don't get it why women aren't cooler about that stuff. And look,
1: I in my marriage we did leave, do a lot of separate socialising, um, and but in so I did come to the new relationship going already. Okay, it's okay to go off and have our separate friends and it's okay to go off and have our own interests. And, but when there's a coming, but there's also an importance to have a coming together. Of course. Um, But it was also something I didn't want to, I'd had had enough um, impacts in alcohol in my life that were negative. Um, You know, I didn't want to be in a relationship with a party person you know like or someone that really enjoyed it when they got into it it just wasn't something i i'm not necessarily someone really introverted i'm not necessarily someone that wanted to that is into parties so when michael came along and that's what who he was it was just one of those things that i was having to go okay is he worth that that choice that sacrifice and he was but for our relationship to work, we both knew that um, we had to be able to be who we are and that's that's what it is when it comes down to these social situations it's either of us just being who we need to be and for him, he has a European background, so it's very family-orientated big family like a, a Birthday party with his family can be a hundred people, you know um, And they they like European food everywhere. They like the rakia the drinking, you know, and he doesn't um Because we live away from his family. He doesn't always see them. So when oh, we yeah, get it's together, it's strong. it's full It's full on um, But for me there's always a limit. yeah. And so it was just easy to make that decision to go, this is what we need to do. And again, it was me going, you know, I'm going to get to a point where I need to go home. So instead of me sitting around twiddling my thumbs and just getting the shits, I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to leave you to it. Yeah. Um, and
0: that's fabulous. Now, saying that. Self-expression, he can just go for it and not even worry about another person. I think that's a gift. It's a gift.
1: And the thing is, it's it, it's really interesting to see the reactions of people around us though. I know, in the judgment. They don't understand. No, they don't no. understand how I'm not making him come home with me. Mm. or, But saying that, those two differences, they they can become a challenge for us when we go away on vacation and it's just us two, because yeah. he'll want to party, and I can do that a little bit, but then I need my quiet time, <laughs> you know. So so we still have to navigate that, you know, because again, it's like I just want to hang in my hotel room or by the pool, um, but it's okay if you want to go out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it's odd on a holiday because you are alone and and sometimes going out by yourself um, is a little bit unsafe or makes you particularly vulnerable um, for men and women for different reasons. But it's really interesting. I totally agree with you because in my normal life, I can live my single life as well as my married life and that all my husband just loves being with me by myself and so when we travel he sees it as a fabulous opportunity not to have any other distractions you know no family no friends just the two of us and those that's his expectation of the holiday but um, I'm a little bit more social and so one of the things that I find a bit challenging is I want to meet new people and I want to have new experiences with with, with you know and, and and have chats and and learn about other people and their culture um and he he's like oh my god don't you know i don't want you to well he doesn't say i don't want you talking to anybody else but i just know that he'd prefer it if i did not but sometimes i can't help myself so you know friendships are made accidentally yeah. and um fun is had um, organically but at the end of the day if I never spoke to another soul on our holidays he'd give it a 10 out of 10.
1: Yeah. But Even that because by the sounds of it you you guys sound like the you know like you sound like my partner and then yes. I sound a bit more like your, yes. your husband yes um, but at the end of it, it's all about balance because you know I know I will make compromise and i will go out and have fun and meet people and then and i would do all of that because i know that that's what he likes and it does make it fun but then there's also i i always just sort of reach that limit of like okay i just need to pull back now <laughs> yeah
0: I'm a over little it. Bit. i want to be with my yeah, partner, so all, not these strangers
1: <laughs> yeah so it's always just about finding that balance between the two needs really. And and yeah. that is a that's where the communication comes in, and that's where the um, the communication and it's a a management process, really. Yes,
0: it is. You know, always, yeah. yeah. That, that give and take and that compromise people talk about in relationships is is really talking about that balancing the introverted needs and the extroverted needs together. And, look, it's easy if you're both really social, then you're both going to just go for it. And those that are, you know, if you're both introverted, then you're both going to love the same sort of lifestyle, um, a bit more on the quiet side and a bit more insular. Um, But I think you're right. Charles and I in particular have got that balance right. And I must say that as I matured from an 18-year-old girl, I was still in my 20s. Charles was 10 years older than me, so he'd passed all those 20s. By the time I'd sort of met him at 28, he was starting to mature and I still wasn't mature and I still wanted to party. So in those days, it was probably 80% partying with my friends on my own and 20% with him. But that ratio now that I'm 51 um, has completely flipped. It would be now... 20% I party with my friends and go out and do whatever with my girlfriends and my family. And then 80% of the time is with him and doing what we love as a couple. So luckily I matured. I evolved um, because I'd hate to see a 51-year-old at a nightclub. (laughs) That's got to be a bit sad (laughs) by herself as a married woman. I mean, wow. (laughs) Anyway, no judgment for those that are still doing it.
1: Yeah, and they're a very different world to when we were, you know, 18, 20. They're, they're a different world. And, and even I only know that because I know I, when I was in that single phase and I had a hen's night to go to in Darwin and that was my first, oh, my God, haven't been in a nightclub since, you know, the 80s. enjoy it, <laughs> enjoy it for the first hour or two? I'm sure you could handle one or two hours. I did, and I I did get a lot of um, male attention that night, and some of it a little bit undesirable. Oh, but yes. it, but um, it was it was good for the ego, and 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 it was an eye opener just to sort of see how different it was. And but of course there was the age thing, as you know, I, you did feel the age difference, and. Um, just the different some of the different practices that were going on so it's a completely different world which is why I then come back to hey you know people our age are doing the online dating thing you you know you go for a coffee you have a chat and if you really think about it you can just cut through the crap you can just pull the band-aid off if you're brave enough to just go hey you know this is me this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm, this is what I'm about it, you know, and just don't take it personally. It's going to work. It's not going to work. You know, like I, I know when I first met Michael, I sort of said, do you have kids? And he said, no, I don't. I said, do you want kids? And he goes, Oh, well, I'm at a point in my life where I've accepted that that it's not going to happen. And I said, well, that's good. Cause yeah, that's not something I want to do. And I'm not, and one, age-wise, I can't do it anyway. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. so if, that, if that's something you wanted, then I'm not the right person for you. Even That was in
0: our first phone call, you know. Like, yeah, awesome. You get to the chase and I love how over time yeah. you get bolder and bolder and bolder and a little bit more comfortable with ripping Band-Aids off really quickly so you can get on to the next person and, and not waste any time. It is awesome that way, efficiency-wise. But um, my sister, um, she went on three dates after becoming a widow at 40 um, and it took years and years and years, another sort of decade before she started to date again. But anywho, um, when she started to date, I put her on to eHarmony and after three mm-hmm. dates, um, a couple of second dates, she met the man and she's now married and um, oh. starting to live her second chapter. Um So that was eHarmony, and I really felt at the time that anyone that was serious would go through that process of 50 billion questions to answer um, rather than these other sites. But in your case, what site worked? Um, Look,
1: I looked at eHarmony because I had the same sort of thought process, but also too, uh, and because you've got to pay a decent amount of money for eHarmony. So that, again... um, sort of sorts through the the who's serious i guess but for me it ended up being um
0: plenty of fish yes i had um, oh that's the site sorry i thought you were saying there was was in the sea i'm like yes actually that's the site (laughs) that was the site
1: yeah um i know my girlfriends had sort of all wanted me off tinder the ones that had been through divorces you know about five years earlier and had gone through the same sort of process um they had worn me off tinder and i guess my whole view of tinder even these days is it's very much um a people after one thing yeah. yeah so if that's what you have to find oh gosh Certainly no yeah, go for your you life know?
0: but i think there's yeah. got to be a space where serious people can go and get rid, you know, get rid of all the sexual, um, well, I see it as sexually inappropriate because it's so quick to get to the sex bit, you know, and so quick to yeah. get the sex talk. Whereas a relationship courting, um, you know, that beginning courting digitally, um, you know, I, I think it's just got to be a slower pace. And, he, and, and was that site a slower pace?
1: Not necessarily, no, because it was certainly, you still had a lot of um, approaches from men that were just, you could tell just after one thing.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: because they will start, they, they're the ones that will start talking to you about your appearance straight yes, away exactly. and complimenting you. Um, but certainly I I would go through a process of just, okay chatting first I wouldn't give out my phone number until I was comfortable you know and I and I sort of think any man that's um going to be the right one for me would be accepting of that um but saying that there's also on that site there's still men that you can um really tell what they're there for and that they are there for just um picking up a A root basically you know um because it's things like you know some of them will do things like say that they need discretion because they're actually in a relationship some of them um and that's on their profile you know so as much as they're being dishonest to their partner at at least they're being honest about it yeah um and then there's the, the young ones that, you know, they'll put in a different age so they come up in our searches, but then they'll say, yeah, I'm not 50, I'm actually 20, I like older women, you know? Like, so there's so there's all of that to sort of work through. But if you've got your wits about you and your standards, and, and I'm actually someone that um, once I sort of, We did talk about sex early, but that was that's because my sexuality is really important to me. My my um the flow of my divine feminine uh strongly connected to it and it is my sensuality and sexuality that flows, is it a co-creative energy for me? Um so I look at it as a creative energy that actually flows through my ability to manifest um and it, and plus it feels delicious and good, so um so i wanted i did want to um sort of express that it was important to me and that it was also um something that I need someone that can sort of meet that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm reading between the lines, Kerry. Don't you worry. I just, um, <laughs> you brought it up once earlier in the interview and now you've brought it up a second time. So I'm taking that as my lead to go there. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just want to ask you, um, you know, we're we're at this stage in our life and we're now, you know, you're saying you were out there dating. So, um you you, you've come out of a long-term marriage so you know sex is not the same as going out with Michael for the very first few years or months or whatever um is it exciting is it easy to do it is it I mean I can't even imagine (laughs) um because I'm in a long 30-year relationship yeah yeah I can't even imagine getting on that horse or getting on a different horse. So what's it like? Is it
1: scary? Yes. Yeah, it was scary. Um, And mind you, like I had all sorts of thoughts. I had thoughts of, oh, maybe I should just um, pay for a gigolo, you know, like just to help me get back on the horse, you know. Then I'm not worried about what people, someone might think. Or whatever I didn't end up doing that but it was certainly like one of the first gentlemen that I'd met um, on the dating sites and I was just honest I just said look I have not kissed another person Mm. in 28 years (laughs) and and I said and and the reality is I haven't had sex with anyone in at least um, two or three and we just joked, and I said, you know, so you're sort of up for that or not? <laughs> you know? you and, take that um, pressure. Yeah, basically, and he was like, really, you haven't kissed anyone else in twenty eight years, and I, I said, think no. It's broken I don't again, think. don't you think? Oh, absolutely, it was, and and then there's the whole thing of like you know, your your body thoughts, and even just the whole thing of. Um, um your your ladyscaping and you know all of those sort of things that come into it these days and but I think even just me being honest and saying it's been that long
0: yeah
1: and I am that this is something that I think about um or I'm worried about gave him then permission to be able to go it's okay. Yeah. You know, and 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 to be gentle and and the fact is, like, he did make me feel desired, which I hadn't felt being desired for God knows how long. Mm. Um, you know, so the fact that he would he would say, you know, like, oh, you know, what you're doing is really sexy or you look really good or, you know, just yeah. made me feel like a woman again. So, So, again, I would just say, just be authentic. Don't... And just... You know, if that is something you're scared about, just
0: say. Yeah, don't pretend you're a sex sexpert. No, don't,
1: and don't pretend that you're you're not worried about
0: it. And so, what was the uh, decision on the ladiescaping? Which way did you go? <laughs> well, there is some ladiescaping. Yes. <laughs> did you well, go. Brazilian.
1: i mean which way did you go <laughs> oh, well, i'm too scared to go and get a wax like that just scares me like i just think pain so you, you just know the tidy up
0: and just kept it neat and tidy
1: no you know yeah a tidy up and you know i i do it myself and stuff like that i just but that's because that's the thing like you just think about the, the us as women at, in our 50s like you have to go, what's the what's the done thing, you know?
0: <laughs> yes, because we know the young, the young girls, um, well, there's a couple of things that are going on with the young folk. One is they're either going down the porn route and going full Brazilian, that's the way, they love it, the men love it, and just carry on. Then there's a whole other um, movement going on about bringing hair back, like the 60s, even to the point where they're growing their arm hair again. Now, uh, yeah. oh, my gosh, to our generation, having arm hair would just be a tad too far gone. But, uh, yeah. yeah, there's young women experimenting, having air, um, pubic uh, particularly the pubic hair coming back into full bush, um, which is fascinating to me and I think wonderful for them to experience, especially in, uh, in response to full Brazilian no hair and men wanting that whereas there's a whole bunch of men that say i don't want to be with a little little girl i i I want to be with a woman and to be with a woman means there's going to be pubic hair to deal with so um it's just to what degree is there a little bit there or a, a lot or is it something in between and so yeah i think um the younger generation are really grappling with the two sides of the fence and then when it comes to the 50-year-olds getting back on the horse and revealing yourself to a new one, I think if we surveyed them, I reckon they'd be. our generation would be just tidy up because our men are used to pubic hair They, they unless they're watching too much porn and they have a new preference. But
1: yeah. I you, think also too it, it's got to be one of those things that whether you're doing it for yourself first.
0: Yes, and, start with what and, you and, want and what you think's attractive, and then they'll soon tell you what they like and what they find attractive.
1: Yeah, and where you feel comfortable. So where you feel comfortable, it doesn't matter what they like. Mm. It's where you're feeling comfortable. So, um, and and the reality is too. Like if if you know fifty year old women. Um, we're a bit past being able to get it lasered and stuff like that, because it won't work on our grey hairs and stuff like that, oh, you know. So, know that.
0: Thanks for the newsflash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so we're a bit past some of that stuff. But it is, I think if you just keep in mind of where you are comfortable, then that's all that matters,
0: really. Mm. And then you can, once you're in a relationship or once you start dating seriously, you can start to experiment and have fun with it and see what's what. I know when I did a Brazilian, um, my husband freaked out and said, I hate it, don't like it. No, no, no. (laughs) It's not what, you know, he wants a woman to be a woman, as he says. But um, I liked it. And that was the thing I really liked, it and I kept doing it, but I blended between the two. So I'd let it grow out, yeah. and I'd go again and then let it grow out. So he's satisfied, but I'm also having fun with it, enjoying this whole Brazilian thing, which, yeah, just felt great.
1: Yeah, and there's so much to explore in that arena, like when we do, um, you know, connect with the goddess within us and rediscover our sexuality after. Um, divorce or separation or whatever just even you know having more fun with um you know lingerie and you know nice underwear and doing those things for ourselves
0: yeah i I like your message kerry you keep bringing it back to do do it for yourself as the goddess do what the goddess um wants uh rather than any external reason and that way it'll be sexy regardless because if the goddess is comfortable and confident um she's able to do a lot more with her power
1: exactly exactly
0: so thanks for letting us have our first sex talk on the modern goddess. So hopefully one of my favourite subjects. So hopefully I'll get heaps and heaps more sex talk out of the women. But um you've gone there first, just so you know. So that's awesome. And it's great. Love it. Um, yeah, and I love it that it came from a woman at 50, in the 50s. So um, you know, married, divorced, new new relationship. I love that it's come from that position to start with and um, the modern goddess has probably got a lot to say about the sex stuff and the sensuality stuff Um, and that's what I'm really interested in finding out as well to see where are we at from a sensual point of view. What does the modern goddess want to explore and is she exploring it and is there any problems with exploring it? What's out there for her? Where's she at? What's she loving at the moment? I know oh, we've got to have a conversation about why Fifty Shades of Grey went through the roof <laughs> with female readers. I really <laughs> want to get to the bottom of that. There's something in it. There's something in it. There's something in a woman surrendering.
1: Uh, Katrina, and you, if you're tapping into all of this for your Modern Goddess podcast. is such an exciting conversation to have. Because, especially for the middle-aged woman, yeah. it's, you know, it's such an exciting conversation because there is so much untapped potential. And, um, and as I was sort of saying earlier, like our, our sexual energy, that is a thread of our soul. Like the reality is we, we are not whole if we're not connected to our sexuality. And when we become whole, when we are connected to that, our power is there naturally. And when you think about it, it is the most co-creative energy that exists. All of us, every single one of us, were created through the sexual life force. And it does, it flows through to you know, can flow through to our businesses, can throw through to our manifesting. It, it's such an exciting conversation to have. And, and I love watching where that conversation goes and what happens and just women stepping into their sensuality and being okay with that that is a part of who we truly are and expressing that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And look, I do agree that there's probably some healing that needs to be done for that to fully ignite. Um, And hopefully women and men are doing the therapy that's required to heal their souls so that they can um, really get healthy around the sensual piece and the sexuality piece um, that flows through all of us. I think one of my um, teachings is around one of the things I love to talk about the most is the balancing of the masculine energy and the feminine energy inside each person and that um, men need to understand their feminine energy um, so that they too can be as creative, as intuitive, as um, sexy and in touch and connected as women are. Because quite often if, if their feminine energy is not balanced and all they've got is access to their masculine energy, then that's half a life lived, really. And same with women. Some women have really stepped into their masculine energy and they're missing out on the joys and the power of their feminine energy. And I'm trying to coax as many women back into their feminine as possible because they think the masculine energy has power for them and yes it does it gives their businesses structure gives them the ability to go out into the world and speak their truth and stand up and deliver all that but at the same time if you're not doing the creative side with your feminine energy then you're using the wrong hammer
1: it's all about the balance it's, it's in all the that. balance and
0: um, it's in the balance where the
1: true power
0: exists absolutely and if you've got to be balanced to be able to create your destiny and to really truly live to your full potential if that's not balanced you're not able to access your full potential properly and so yeah you and I um Kerry are, it looks like we're completely aligned in um where our spirituality is sort of popping up from the wellspring in which it comes up and that is through the the masculine, the energy, uh, masculine, and the feminine, energy being balanced. So, um, what we're going to do um, is uh, finish up on series one, Kerry, and I'll put all your details of how people can find you in the show notes. But what I'm going to do is loop back around for series two and come back to you so that you can okay. either readdress or give us an update or teach us something that we need to know that we couldn't get to today. So is that okay with you?
1: Oh, that's perfect. Like I, I love where your podcast is going. So <laughs> anytime I'm happy to have come and have a chat. Yeah. Oh wonderful. And, Thank you. And yeah, and I'll I'll look you up on Facebook and send you a um a friend request because I'm happy to share it all and stuff like that. So yeah.
0: That's wonderful. And have you got your have you got a book at the moment?
1: Um I got I've got lots of
0: things. (laughs) (laughs) Can we put it all in the show notes so that people can just um click the link and go there?
1: Yeah, I do have a book. Um what I'll do and because it is a book that when I wrote that book, it's called Um Wisdom of the Soul, How to Live Your Life with Love and Inspiration Made Simple. Writing that book was the book that showed me that love lacked in my life and was it was writing that book that then led me to the truth of my marriage right yeah so um yeah so i'll um yeah happy for it to be in the show
0: notes oh it's going to be very popular i think the people listening to this type of podcast is going to be very attracted to that kind of work um we're 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 speaking to women from all walks of life single married we we have had a lot of long-term relationships so far with a little bit of single but there's a lot of single ladies coming so don't worry um listeners we are going to get to the the juicy stuff of what's going on out there, can't wait. Cause they're always doing <laughs> yeah. things that I can precariously live through with them. Um, so that's all great. We want, you know, we want heterosexual women. We want lesbian couples. We want lesbian singles. You know, we want to hear from it all just to yeah. see where are we at now in 2020 with the modern goddess. And so thanks for joining us, Kerry. It's been great chatting with you. See you next season. And uh, everybody, just check out the show notes so you can find Kerry and her beautiful work out in the world. Lots of love, darling. Uh, yes, thank you, Katrina.
1: Thank you. See you soon. Okay, bye. Bye.